0: Hey everyone, um, I know I promised you guys that Latif would be back this week, but um, unfortunately, La- Latif's not. Uh, Latif didn't come back, and we're not going to be seeing Latif again uh, ever. Should we really do that?
1: That's really—it's somber. Right? That makes it sound like I died. Yeah, totally. All right, and then now we'll just put the music in,
0: <laughs> or you could just play this whole thing at the beginning of the episode,
1: and then music. But we'll have it like sad version. Oh, that'd be awesome. People, what's wrong with Matt? He just said someone died and played a sad version of the intro. What an idiot. Like, you're not supposed to keep recording.
0: Yeah, as you can tell, Latif's back. he has been He's back from Burma. Had an awesome time, right, Latif? Dead. Yeah?
1: I saw Peterman.
0: <laughs> that was one. If you understood that reference,
1: we love you. <laughs> Peterman's listening. He's like, I understood it. He's in Myanmar. <laughs> in Myanmar. <laughs> yeah, so uh,
0: we're all back to pretty much regular swing of things. Hugh's back from Burma, Myanmar, and Thailand. I'm back from Christmassy things. And here to bring you another awesome regular episode mm-hmm. of Film Craft.
1: Where'd you go? Ontario. Yeah, twice. Toronto and then Ottawa.
0: Yeah, went to the Toronto area for Christmas, and then two weeks later flew into Ottawa for my dad's retirement party. Hi, Dad! Happy retirement!
1: Does he listen to the show?
0: I'm not sure. Hmm. If he does, he'll hear that. Though.
1: <laughs> Sub.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: yeah, we're going to have a little powwow this week on Actually, I wanted you to introduce it They haven't heard you talk in a long time i have heard a lot of me and my dumb voice And it was your idea anyways
1: um, Well, I think we're going to talk about how Going on vacation Or just traveling in general Can give you some perspective on The thing you do and that might not necessarily just be film. It could be anything. It could be art, or it could just be perspective on the regular life that you live. So, mm-hmm. I think that's what we're going to talk about. But more pertaining to the stuff that we do, which is film.
0: Yeah, I like film. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Idiocracy the other day. <laughs> Have you seen Idiocracy? No. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to lend it to you because I bought it. Is that a movie? Yeah, it's Mike Judge, and basically the idea is that it's a dystopian future, where in our time, uh, all the dumbest people breed like crazy, but all the smart ones wait for the opportune moment. So 500 years in the future, everyone's have has an IQ of like 10, and the world's gone to shit. It's hilarious. So one guy, Luke Wilson, gets uh, frozen in a military experiment for 500 years and wakes up, right. and everyone's morons. So, like, how he wakes up is this capsule that he's frozen and crashes through a guy's uh, a, guy's window, and he's watching a, a show called Owl My Balls. <laughs> that's how much like, the world's deteriorated. And he's sitting on his Lazy Boy sofa that's also a toilet. <laughs> Anyways, he ends up, like, bribing him. And he's like, yeah, so, like... Is there a time machine? He's like, yeah, there's a time machine. <laughs> he's like, we take me to the time machine. I'll open it up a savings account in your name, and then it'll be worth a lot of money here. Oh, I like money. It's <laughs> like, boy, how how much money? It's like, I don't know, like ten billion dollars. He's like, uh, time machine costs seven billion dollars. He's like, okay, how about twenty billion dollars? What's twenty billion <laughs> minus seven billion? <laughs> It's like thirty billion. Oh, I like money. <laughs> it's great, man. Anyone out there that has not seen *Idiocracy*, you gotta watch it. And it's like, in many ways, scary accurate to the way the world's going with you know Trump being president and all that kind of stuff. The president is Terry Crews, and he's President Camacho. He's a professional wrestler that has a machine gun. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, anyways, what the hell were we talking about before this?
1: Mm. I think we're trying to... Traveling. Yeah. Yes. That that guy. That one. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: like money. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, like, what brought this podcast episode idea into your mind? Like, what did you think you learned from your time in (sighs) Myanmar?
1: Well, I think... I think it's because I went on this trip and it was more of a personal experience. I went with my family and it wasn't like um, a vacation where I was at, like at a resort and just like hanging out on the beach all day. I think that would have been a very... Not that I wouldn't have learned anything from that, but I think that would have been a very uh, boring thing to talk about now. Like yeah. I will not really be getting any perspective, but like going back to, uh, Burma where my parents are from and going back to Thailand, which is where I was born and just seeing family and seeing like, kind of your roots and where you come from was very important. It kind of gave me some perspective on like who I am as a person and where I come from and what values like are important to me and my family. And kind of realigning yourself with your past and it gives you like a little bit of insight on into in, like where you want to be maybe in the future so I think that's like one thing that uh, I gained from all of this because um, before going on to the trip I was just like really stressed out and I didn't really want to go on a super long trip but by the time I came back I was really happy that I spent all the time there so
0: so what kind of things pertaining to film like, how will that experience impact what you do creatively?
1: Uh, I think it gave me, like, multiple interesting insights onto... Uh, even, like, from the process of film to, like, even ideas about movies I want to make. Which I think are are smaller ideas, but, like, in, in a bigger uh, scope of things... I went to see a movie in, in a movie theater... Uh, while I was in Burma I went to see Bumblebee Um, and the movie itself was you know it's what it was I wasn't like (laughs) expecting an experience from the movie but um, at the same time like it kind of shows like that kind of shows a bit of like our sensibilities coming from the west Uh, because I went with my cousin to the film and he's like much older than I am. He's like 34 years old and he's not educated. He doesn't have like uh, complete English vocabulary. Like he speaks Burmese.
0: Was the movie in Burmese or just subtitled?
1: No, there's no subtitles. It was all in English. So he's there watching the movie. And like one thing for me that um, kind of struck me was at the end of the movie he was crying because the movie made him cry. And as much as, like, we're, like, West Coast, like, artist, filmmaker, people, and we're, like, transformers, like, the fact that the movie could make someone like that cry, it's kind of opened my eyes up a little, like, the movie was broad enough that it could reach someone who didn't quite speak the language and still affect them in that way. And it just made one thing clear to me, like, I should be kind of understanding how to make movies that could reach people that might not necessarily know how to watch the film in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is one thing I was thinking about a lot. And I don't want to make films for other filmmakers to watch. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a a mistake. Uh, I think film and the medium that we're in should be for... I mean, this is my opinion. It should be for the general public to watch and enjoy and and get some experience from. I think if you make film and art for other artists, then you're kind of pandering (laughs) to the same crowd that you come from.
0: So it's like you want to make a a movie for the audience, not for the filmmaking audience.
1: Yeah, I don't want to make films for other filmmakers. So that's kind of one thing I I gained from that experience. I thought that was very interesting. Um, Because it's people like that that I'd like to reach at, and the trouble is like, I want to make films that are more creative and a little more um, intelligent I guess I want to make smart films but at the same time I want to make films that people can watch and enjoy without it being too confusing so it's like finding that balance and I think that's one thing I have to think about a lot after I came back I want to make films that can reach people but at the same time i don't want to make films that are like impossible to understand because i'm so consumed in like trying to seem artsy or something mm. so um, you want
0: to make something intelligent but universal
1: i don't know if it's universal but i want it to be able to reach someone even if they're not if they don't have the tools to learn what they're... to understand what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't want my films to only be accessible to people with education. I guess that's the best way to put it.
0: What do you think it was about it that made him cry? Like, did you ask him afterwards? Did you just get a sense of what it might have
1: been? No, I think I got a pretty clear idea of what made him cry.
0: Yeah? What do you Um, think it was?
1: It was just, like, some scene where uh, I think the the main Transformer dies. Mm. doesn't really die and whatever, but I could see him kind of, like, getting emotional, and I was like, oh, like, he gets what's going on. Um, Because, like, the main character doesn't talk. um, He can't speak. So it kind of emotes through its emotions in its face. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very easy way to show how something is feeling. But, like, it was just one of those moments where I'm like, yeah... In the overall scope of things, like I don't want to make films that are too complicated for people to understand, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I, I don't want to make things that are smart and artsy and, and kind of obscure, because that's what I like to do. But at the same time, I, I don't want to get stuck in that weird place where I'm just making things because they seem like they're smart or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm heading in that direction anyways. I, I kind of do the thing that I'm trying to do now, but at the same time, it just gave me some clear direction. That moment just kind of stood out to me is what I'm saying. Mm.
0: No, that's good. That's super good. Um, Was there anything about your trip ideologically that kind of changed the way you would, I guess, approach storytelling and or writing?
1: I think one thing that I got from going on the trip as well I think appreciating moments that are not always verbal. Because when I went on the trip, I had family in in three different regions that I went to. I had family in the city of Yangon, which is um, kind of a central city in Burma. There's a lot of people and there's lots of traffic and it's just a crowded place. And then I had um, family in a... uh, another city called Molamyang, but there's a village that a lot of my family stay in which is the complete opposite of uh, the city um, and then I had family in Thailand and it was kind of a mix of the city meets the village where it was not as crowded but at the same time it was a little nicer than a village mm. um, so in these three different regions I had to adjust the way I would approach and talk to people and I had to listen more than talk because I, I speak Burmese, but I don't speak it fluently. So I um, have a little trouble like saying the complete thoughts. Um, so I can have comfort, like small talk with people, but it's hard for me to really say what I feel sometimes. So I did a lot of listening when I was in these places. But I think one thing that was clear is even though I couldn't completely communicate um, everything I was feeling, the people around me could still enjoy themselves and kind of just be okay with being in your presence without having to say so much. And I, I was kind of appreciative of that and, and just thought it was an interesting interaction that I don't normally get when I'm uh, in Canada or in anywhere else in the West. Because um, people are so... Um, I think people feel pressured to have conversation, even though there's nothing really to talk about. I think I find that a lot here, because silence is not very... Treasured. Uh, yeah. And in a way, it's... People think silence is, like, awkward or mm-hmm. b- bad.
0: Yeah. Or well, it's an- like that quote from Pulp Fiction, right? Like, you truly... I think she, Uma Thurman says, like, you're... Uh, that's how you know you've truly connected with someone Where you can just shut the fuck up And not talk for a minute
1: Yeah Yeah there's there's something to that I think There's something about being there Where I could just sit Cause like The wifi there was awful So you couldn't really watch anything Or, or browse the web normally um, So people would Usually not be on their phones And we'd just sit around and talk to each other And I honestly haven't had that a lot here. Um, Every morning we'd have breakfast uh, at my uncle's house and then it would just be like eight people cooking and sitting around and talking and eating together. And it was a really, really nice experience because like every morning you just felt so energetic and and excited to just have food with people. And I never get that here. Because normally I'll wake up, eat by myself and then go to work. And then there, eating was very communal. Like, we did it together. We all had fun. We would talk together. Then we'd have, like, tea afterwards. Like, experiences like that were also just, like, kind of nice and and not normal for me. Um, So just seeing the way how people interact and and come together gave me a little perspective as well. Um, I think there's, like, a huge contrast between the way people live here and there. Um, and there's good and bad to both, but getting that perspective on how um, different values come into play uh, had a huge impact on me. And I think I'm I'm trying to understand how uh, it changes you as a person because I think here, for example, when you get older, generally people will be alone or they'll get moved into like a home where they're taken care of. And then back when uh, I was in uh, Asia, like one of my uncles was like sick and he couldn't walk anymore, but he was still living at home. And like the whole house was like there and like looking after him and making making sure he was okay. And it was just a very different uh, experience because I know like people get lonely when they're older. And I think on the West Coast, it's treated a lot differently than it is in the East. So like things like that just kind of opened my eyes up to like a different perspective cuz like here uh the standard of living is higher but i think things like depression and and just like loneliness in general is also higher just cuz people are so isolated um and that, and, that, and those things like just all kind of gave me a perspective and opened up my eyes to like just the human condition i guess so that um was super valuable for me
0: yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day that's really what you're trying to do with movies too right is like say something about the human condition so the more you can get out there and travel and see things and explore said human condition yeah that's gonna help you in your creative ventures
1: yeah but Like, one thing that was always kind of conflicting with, like, for me was like, I always kind of felt like I didn't really have a grasp on my personal identity because I grew up in Canada and my family is um, not from here. Like, my parents are immigrants and technically I'm an immigrant as well. Mm. But, like, I grew up in a Western culture. But at the same time, like, my family is religious and. they have more uh traditional tendencies so when i went back to asia i could see like the roots of my family and how like everything was very connected in that way and how religion and and family was so important but there's not a lot of that here and it kind of made me question like the the things that were that that i valued back home and how some things um I might have pushed to the side just because, like, the the way of living here is just so much uh, more different. And and those are things I can't get from here. Like, I, I would have to travel to understand that. Mm. Um, I think knowing where you come from and, and just learning about your family's history and stuff is important. And that was the first time where I really got to delve into that part of my life because I don't think I could have really done that if I just stayed in Canada, so... Um, I think for any filmmaker that's an important part it's just like figuring out a little bit of who you are Uh, because if you don't really know about yourself or about your family or anything I think you might be missing something that will give you some insight onto onto what you do yeah
0: so if someone was was to come up to you and say like hey I'm about to do x traveling what kind of things should i keep my eye out that could influence the way i go about making movies what would you what would you say to them
1: it it depends on the on the purpose of your trip i guess uh like the experience i'm talking about is very specific to what happened to me Mm -hmm. um so i think if you come from like this is difficult if you live in the city you were born yeah and where your family is from But even then you could do a little bit of like research into whatever your uh, history is. But for me it was really about going back and meeting family that I've never met and like learning about where I came from because I got to see the house that my mom and her sisters grew up in that my grandfather built apparently. And the house is still there and it was just kind of a Unreal experience, and I got to see the the house that my uh, dad um, built, and his sister lives in now in the village, and and just seeing things like that was just kind of eye opening, because um, these are things I like I didn't know about. Like I don't have a super close relationship with my dad in the sense that we don't talk a lot, but when we went on this trip, I got to talk to him a lot and just kind of see where he came from and, and see like a different side of him which I didn't really know about so um, I'd say if you want that kind of experience um, and you're from a different place I would actually recommend attempting to go on a trip to where wherever you came from or wherever your parents came from even if you're not from the same place um, say you were born here and your parents were born in I don't know Russia or something going back and seeing um, where your parents grew up and stuff like that and try to, trying to meet family that you've never actually talked to before. I think those are valuable things to look out for. And I think if, you're, if you have the opportunity to do that, you should definitely take it up. Um, but in terms of like, if you're just going on a trip, um, I've been on trips aside from the, the one I'm talking about now, but I don't necessarily know if those trips gave me too much extra insight mm. because I wasn't really in that place where I was looking for something but I felt like when I went on this trip I was conscious of that and I was looking to gain some insight like I I went back to the house I was born in like the day after my birthday which was super weird you know moments like that I don't think I'll ever get to experience again like that it was just By chance, and like we're in this right place at the right time in terms of like gaining something from a trip. I think if you aim for that and you make it a goal, you'll probably get a lot out of it. But um, I have yet to go on a trip that's just for pleasure that gave me a lot of extra perspective. Hmm. But I haven't been on that many as well, so. um.
0: Well, I guess that's kind of the bottom line. Like if you're. When you go into a trip, if you're thinking and actively thinking, mm. how can I gain perspective from this? Like to soak in, whether it be my cat is losing it right now, uh, whether it be, you know, different culture, different viewpoints, whatever it is, as long as you're actively thinking, how, how is life here and how can that impact me? That would be the biggest way to take away from it in
1: that sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I think you should also, I think you've got to go into, like, you could go on two completely different trips. Like, you could go to Paris and and go see the Eiffel Tower. Or you could go to Mexico and, I don't know, go to a beach or something. Or, like, one of those, like, beachside resorts and there will be completely mm-hmm. different experiences. Oh, definitely. But you could also do something um completely different and go backpacking in asia i don't know um but those are all um gonna give you a completely different perspective but i think you've got to go into each of those experiences open-minded but at the same time understanding why you're doing it uh I don't, because like p- people go on trips all the time and I see it on social media and I, and even like just talking to people, I'll hear someone's going to like, I don't know, England or oh, I'm going to Australia. And then I'll ask, like, oh, what did you go for? It's like, oh, I just wanted vacation. Mm. And I think this is just a me problem. I don't understand going on vacation.
0: For vacation?
1: Yeah. For, like, I don't understand going on trips for leisure. And I think it's just because, like, I'm a workaholic. I I I get very uncomfortable when I have nothing to do. Um, I think that's why I always have my camera, because taking photos is my excuse. It makes you
0: feel like you're working?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I can't just, like, sit on a beach. I'll just get fucking bored.
0: That's pretty fair.
1: Um so I have to always be doing something, I guess. Like, I have to get my mind active. So it's hard for me to go on, like, a vacation just for leisure. Especially by myself. I think if I'm with someone, that experience is at least a little more interesting.
0: Oh, yeah, it makes a world of difference.
1: But, yeah, I, it's hard, I don't know. It's it's difficult for me to to give any advice on that. I think I have to go on more trips that are to places i've never been to to see what what i get from it but i, I don't know i'm not really not really a traveling kind of person <laughs> i i definitely want to go back to thailand and burma just cuz that's where i came from and i think there's a lot i want to do um if i go back and i think there's just a lot for me to learn from these places but I don't necessarily like. I don't ever really want to go to France. <laughs> I don't have any interest.
0: Can alienate our French viewers, man.
1: Well, there's a bunch of places. That I, I I don't think I ever want to go to Russia, China, <laughs> even Japan. Not yeah. that I don't like these places. I'm just like I don't know what I'd do there. I'm not really into food. <laughs> That's insane, dude.
0: We had ramen like two hours ago. What are you talking about?
1: I know. I know. But like I'll I'll eat anything. Like you could put like a potato in front of me and I'll try to eat it. (laughs) I think I said this at some point. If I could eliminate one of the senses, it would be taste. Just so I could eat anything and not have to think about it. (laughs) Um, That
0: reminds me of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Have you watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No. Okay. The captain, he's very much the same. And he's like, I I don't care about food. (laughs) If it were up to me, my diet would consist of nothing but a bland, fi- what do you say, bland, flavorless beige paste containing all the nutrients required by the human animal. <laughs> yeah, your ramen kind of looks like that now that it's coagulated. <laughs> no, I
1: agree with him though. If it had all the prote- pro- proteins and nutrients and vitamins that I needed, I'd probably just eat the beige paste just to save time. <laughs>
0: It's efficient,
1: will give you that. Well, I don't know. I probably would want to go to all those places I said I don't want to go to. Mm-hmm. I just haven't thought of them. <laughs> In my head, I'm seeing the most generic version of the place. I'm seeing, like, the Eiffel Tower, and then... Vodka. <laughs> no, am not seeing a drink. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just... There's some places that I haven't... Re- I don't really know what it looks like there, so I guess that's why. I'll probably go to all those places at some point. <laughs> um, I'm just not into leisure for travel. Mm. I don't know why. I feel like there's got to be a reason. But maybe there doesn't.
0: Maybe just that you've never had a leisure travel that was
1: I went good to in... San Francisco and I loved that.
0: Oh, yeah, you did have a great time in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, I really liked yeah, to San, San Fran's Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco's great. That was a really nice trip. So, <laughs> But I went to see a concert there. So,
0: On oh, New Year's, too. I mean, yeah. That's
1: awesome. That, there was a reason for that one, and I really enjoyed the trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess the, that's the, the only recommendation I could make, is if you have the opportunity to go back to a place and kind of learn about yourself and your family, I would recommend that because I thought it was really, really insightful and really important for me. It's probably been the most important moment in my life. That being said, I have a very undramatic life.
0: (laughs) I think you're not giving yourself enough credit, dude. Hmm. We do the most interesting shit in the world.
1: (laughs) Let me think about this. More paste, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Need brain fuel.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a lot there i think i'll probably in the next few episodes i'll probably like have mini segments where i give some insight onto something that i thought about because i had a lot of really cool experiences on this trip but i don't want to just keep talking about it in one episode that's fair i'll break up lessons of my experience and it took so many photos i can't wait to share those too
0: yeah i'm stoked to see those yeah yeah well i'll tell you what Let's call this episode here, and then let's try for the next, you know, three, five episodes or whatever. We'll both try and think of, like, something about a trip that inspired us in some kind of creative filmmaking way, and we'll share it.
1: Yeah. Sounds Ah. good. Awesome. And I'm still jet lagged, so. Yeah.
0: Ninja Brian agrees. (laughs) Do you want to be on the podcast again, buddy? (laughs)
1: <laughs> so now. Uh,
0: who's this podcast brought to you by Latif
1: um, uh, the urban sombrero <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would make me so happy <laughs>
1: god those are ugly this
0: podcast is brought to you by <laughs> I wonder if you're gonna hear that probably yeah Ninja Brian you're on the podcast buddy he's losing it okay this-
1: <laughs> he's going at it. there's some good sounds
0: if anyone wants free cat sounds just take those but yeah this podcast is brought to you by pipa.io pipba.io cheap awesome podcast hosting service check them out until next week it's been Filmcraft. craft welcome back Latif
1: yeah <laughs> I'm me some of that paste.
0: <laughs> See you guys next week. Say bye, Ninja Brian.
1: <laughs> kinda of sounds like bye. <laughs> I think he just collapsed and died. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I'm
0: gonna tell this story real quick before we leave. Um I saw my aunt over the holidays, and uh, we started talking about our cats. And she's like, did ever tell you the story of when I got a cat for my kids? They must have been like 12. I'm like, no, what happened? (laughs) She's like, she gets cat. The cat's great and everything. Uh, I can't remember if it was really young or really old, but basically the 12-year-old boy comes home from school, opens the door. The cat's right there, like in the house. The cat looks at him and goes, Ah! And then falls over and dies. (laughs) I guess he opened the door to the cat having a heart attack and it died in front of this 12-year-old kid.
1: No way.
0: So She's like, I get a call at work like, "Um, Mom, I think the cat died. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Wait, so the kid yelled or the cat yelled? The cat yelled. Oh.
0: Like it had a heart attack and it was its painful groan before dying.
1: (laughs) That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. I
0: know. It's super sad, but it's kind of funny
1: too. No, it's hilarious.
0: (laughs) Poor cat. On that note, we'll see you guys next week.